At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Well met, fellow adventurers. Just so happens that there's a new event in the adventure log. In the available scenarios that has caught my interest. And that is... Wait. Elixirs available at Tarlawos in Durnstick. That's in the Hard Hills and it's right next to Hawklaw. Apparently, you can do, apparently, in at least a couple of occasions, you could just send someone to one off to Durnstig to get to Lara. Who now has some elixirs? Elixirs that can have very powerful effects indeed. Visit to Lara at her small, tidy dwelling on the very edge of the wooded square. Toiling away at classifying and organising the plethora of ingredients used in making. You find Talara toiling away at classifying and organising the plethora of ingredients used in making her famous potions. She is pleasantly surprised to see you and promptly invites you to join her for some paleo. I trust all has been well, she says, eyeing you closely as she sips from a, sips from a steaming mug. Anything interesting to report? Let's talk with her first. You spend the better part of an hour conversing with Talara. The silver-haired Arcanist seems to know no end of local news and gossip, as she fills you in on the latest happenings in Durnstig, and elsewhere throughout the Heart Hills region, and quite a lot of that news involves me. <laughs> Not once during your conversations is the subject of the unpleasant confrontation with Eldrick come up. Sensing that she has not purposely chosen to broach the subject, you wisely decide to leave it alone. At last, having had your fill of Palo, with no desire to make yourself a burden on the busy Tomata, you wise, thank her and bid you farewell. But do you have any elixirs? Alright, Talaro tells you she currently has a few elixirs for sale. Although what remains of her stock is being swiftly depleted by eager adventurers. She says she believes the batch of elixirs she's had on hand will last no longer than 365 more days. Yeah, whew. I think, yeah, that, that, that's quite a while. Child politely reminds you that due to the demand for her magical mixtures, adventurers are limited to requiring a maximum of one elixir every 30 days. So let's go look at the current batch of elixirs for sale. 
Now, have I had any yet with Sir Croakington? No. Sir Croakington has yet to have any elixirs. Because it, she just happened to be... Uh, there was some sort of supply site. Issue with supplies for the last few years. So she hasn't been able to make any. But now she can. Please note, all elixir bonuses apply to your base attributes. With the exception of melee weighting, stamina points and level reserve. No attribute may be weighed above 20 by an effect produced by consuming an elixir. An eventual may only ever consume a particular, particular type of elixir once. So, to see... It's probably the most advantage for me to use the seven base stats first. So I'm going to unequip all my stuff. Sorry, Tilaro. All that remains is my tasteful underclothes. They're very, very tasteful. That is why, of course, I can do this in public. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna after this I'm going to have to redraw to to reapply the GM the game masters scroll or something. The game masters quill and the and the Phantom Armor. Okay. Even with no equipment at all, my MR is 155, a large part of it due to my skill with unarmed combat, and a large part of the West due to the, the hexahedron of perpetuity, which is boosting my melee rating by 16. But now let's look at the base stats. We've got 12 agility, 12 agility, 15 body, 11 might, and 11 luck. So, 20 mind, aura, mind, and spirit are at 20. So, no point wising those. Alright, and here are the elixirs. The elixir of ancient might for 30 ATs, that's 4 melee weighting. The elixir of uncommon valor, 26 adventure tokens, for 2 melee mate weighting, 2 stone points, 2 spirit, and the power of battle wage, which is very, very powerful indeed. Because it allows you to just roll a chain of 20s. Which can make, which can make have a lot of help if you get a couple of those, say in a multiplayer where your twenties already do more damage. Get a, get a few of those, and you might be talking that thousand damage. The elixir of my, nine serpents, that's twenty two eighties. It provides four never reserve, two mind, two aura, and one spirit. So I, I could put, uh, and then. There's the Elixir of Savage Valor. That's 24 adventure tokens. Provides 3 melee waiting, 1 spirit and battle wage. 
Okay, so that's no good for me. The Elixir of Fortitude provides four stamina points, two body, and one spirit. Alright, that's better, that's better. I need to boost body. The Elixir of Heroism provides one melee rating, one stamina point, one nether reserve, one might, one body, one agility. Which I all of those need raising. One spirit and battle rage. And the elixir of fabled valor is 54 adventure tokens. But it's 5 melee rating and also battle wage if you don't have it already. So I think elixir of fabled valor might be probably a last choice because it's the most expensive and it doesn't and it doesn't boost any of your base stats which is a major reason to even have these things all right i'm going to take the elixir of heroism because all but one, it provides a lot of boosts and only one of them is going to go to waste. And it's a pretty cheap one too. Purchase the Elixir of Heroism. 20 adventure tokens have been added to her collection. Maybe she uses them to hire other adventurers. To get these incredibly rare ingredients she no doubt used. You close your eyes and attempt to ignore the unpleasant aroma of the thick liquid inside the vial as you rapidly down the magical concoction. Or you, your consum consumption of elixir heroism has produced the following effects. Your base melee rating has been risen by one point. Your base stamina points have been risen by one point. Your base Neville Reserve has been risen by one point. That's all rather nice. And even more nice, my Might Attribute has been risen by one point. My Body Attribute has been risen by one point. And my Agility Attribute has been risen by one point. Hmm. My melee rating seems to have went by two. I think boosting the Body and Might... These have affected me, my the melee bonus from the stats as well. Your spirit attribute is already at the maximum valuable 20 and could not be raised. There's a cap, you cannot exceed it. It's just it's just how things are. You've acquired the potential for battle wage. Which I think will We'll see it up at combat fairly shortly. Now, has anything... There's a chance that the training costs for some things have gone down. I wasn't paying that much attention to them before, so if they did, uh, I didn't notice. But they might have. They might have gone down. If they did, that's good. Continuing. After taking a few moments to allow the uncontrolled trembling in your limbs to subside, 
a harmless side effect of all of Talera's potent elixirs, you manage to thank the silver-haired arcanist. When you've completely recovered from the unpleasant after-effects of the potion, you, pol you politely bid her farewell and leave. And there we are. That's... That's the... That's the first of Tiara's elixirs. And since they're staying, and since she's got them for the next year, in another month's time, I can take, I can take another one. And then a month after that, I can take another one. And so on and so on. Until either she runs out of elixirs, or I've had them all. Or I run out of ATs. Although it might well, it may well be worth it just to trade him some tally stuff so you can get them. Because especially with better and better equipment becoming available from the crests, the effects of Tiara, of Tally's equipment is not so great. Okay, now to re-equip myself. Oh wait, oh, I can't equip the glittering ice shield. Until I've got my stats up. Alright. Dragon gem gauntlets. Mossy Marauder's boots. Spider web sleeves. Spider web leggings. Uh, the iron frog amulet. Twin moon bracelet. Uh, all the wings. And card of serpent wing. Yeah, I think think that was what I had. The Oaken Stone Belt. Cloak of the Wanderer. Wanderer's Quidditch Tabard. The Holy Pendant, which is slotless. Red Egg Pendant. Visit my small dwelling. Okay, now to... Now to use the Phantom Armour. No, 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 not the phantom weapon, the phantom armour. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Phantom armour. Use the phantom armour. And let's put it on... Um... Well, it seems everything's at 20, so... Just pick something that boosts all three stats... Yeah, Cloak of the Wanderer. The Cloak of the Wanderer is currently cloaking. Your Phantom Arm is currently cloaking the, the, the Cloak of the Wanderer. Boosting some stats. Oh yeah, and now I can equip the Glittering Ice Shield as well. Alright, my stats are higher. And everything's great. Now, the GM's Quill. It's currently blank. Go back. GM's Quill. Now to draw Kyaldra's Serpent Wing once again. Game Master's Quill. Sketch with the Quill. Sketch one of the equipped items. Kyaldra's Serpent Wing. And it now provides 3 MR, 2, it, three MR, two Neville Reserve, and 3 Stamina Points. There. And that's all we need for now. Alright, time to save. And that's me re-equipped after Tiara's elixirs.
And next up, well, since we're already in Dernstig, is there anything in the tavern? Order some food and drink. Order the stew. Now, I've already, already done the things here. Visit the woodlands west of the village. Nope, nothing here. No, I've done that bit. Visit Erzwin's cottage. Erzwin's cottage sits on the edge of a weedy pond a mile or so from the centre of Dernstreet. Here, he and his wife Gisela have settled down to spend their older years in quiet comfort. The friendly couple come out to meet you as you approach and usher you into their humble but pleasant abode. Gisela serves you up a steaming mug of porridge while Isaela fetches you a mug of paleo, fresh from the pot dangling over the fire. You talk at length with Isaela and Gisela, Iswin and Gisela, telling them about your latest adventures, listening, sometimes feigning interest, as they relate to you many of the recent happenings in and around Dernstick. Iswin suddenly tells you, he recently against, come across, came across something in one of his old adventure journals that might be of interest to you. It's the location of Tarkold's Crypt, he tells you, returning to the womb, bearing a weighty, leather-covered tome. He opens a large book and shows you a crudely sketched map of the countryside surrounding Dernstig, stabbing his finger at a spot almost five miles to the east of the village. You're quite familiar with the legend of Lord Tarkold, a brutal tyrant who many centuries ago ruled over the people of Southwest Tyson as a vassal of the king. When he, when he died, he said his supporters, as cruel as their master, buried him in a secret tomb so his remains would never be disturbed. I'm, I'm going to guess that either the king at the time was also a bit of a dick, and thus didn't have any issues with with one of his vassals being a dick, and was perfectly willing to let, to let him go around. Or, uh, this was one of the times where the central authority was quite a bit weaker and really couldn't have and really couldn't afford the war that would probably break out if he tried to have him him removed. Yes, as we don't really know. Who is Lord... Anyway, it's a link for Lord Tarkold. Lord Tarkold. The cool. Some would say maniacal Lord Tarkold. Ruled over the southwest portion of Tosa as a fashion of the king. Nearly 500 years ago. His reign over the people of southwest Tosa was a tyrannical one. And the list, list of his wicked deeds is, a long, is indeed a long one. When he died, descended his supporters, as cruel as their master, buried him in a secret tomb, so that his remains would never be disturbed. Oh, I will be going there, but there's quite a lot of stuff to do in his crypt, so it should get his own episode. I found the entrance to the tomb many years ago, says Iswim. But of course, I never dared venture into it. I'm not one for disturbing the dead as they west, but old Tarkold isn't worth any such consideration. Now let me tell you how to get to the crypt from here. 
You listen intently as Israel explains to you the most direct route to the crypt from his cottage. When he's finished, you're certain you'll be able to find your way, way there with little difficulty. You thank Iswin for imparting the location of the crypt to you, and prepare to set off on your way. Note. To travel to Tarkol Crypt, use the travel option in Dernstig, and look for Tarkol Crypt in the list of special locations. But now, does he have anything else to say? Uh, no. No, that's just, that was just a friendly meeting. Adventures for this location. Now, there are three adventures here. An Awoken Encroachment, Top of the Hill, and Three Scrolls. I'll start with an Unwelcome Encroachment. In the thick of the wood, at the top, it's over a broad, gradual slope. You catch the first glimpse of the small encanchment described by Tomdrun. Embark on this adventure. So it begins. You arrived at Dernstein less than an hour ago. Upon hit, learning that a lad by the name of Tomdrum claims to have spotted a group of ogres encamped in the nearby wood, less than a mile from the village, immediately find him and ask him to tell you the precise location of the disturbing find. After receiving his account, and tactfully dismissing the repeated offers of accomplishment from several members of the ill-equipped village militia, you promptly set out on your own to investigate the boy's claim, a claim that has already sent a whipple of panic through the remote settlement. It only takes a short trek into the forest east of Dernstig to verify Tomdrin's story. In the thick of the wood, the top of a broad, gradual slope, you catch the first glimpse of the small encampment described by Tomdrum, concealed by a dense, almost impenetrable wall of mountain moral. Laura, you move up to within a do- within perhaps a dozen yards of the campsite. There, crouched at the base of a leaning maple, you spot the camp, camp's troublesome occupants. Five ogres, seated around the smouldering remains, a poorly built fire, seem... Engrossed in discussion about best, how best to launch a wade on Dernstig. As the hulking creatures begin to argue, the largest of them, a fearsome, hideously scarred specimen of orgdom, clad in the tattered remnants of a leather vest, leaps to his feet and silences the debate with a savage snarl. You quickly discern that the vested ogre is the leader of the marauding band of five. A band that you've just, just heard announced its attack, announced its intention to attack Dernstick. Your mind races as you attempt to determine your next course of action. So I could attack the ogres, just ask them to leave, but then they'll probably just attack somewhere else instead. Maybe even Hawklaw. No, 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 no. Well, they won't do Hawklaw now. There's a there's a guard tower in Hawklaw. Hawklaw has got bigger. Hawklaw's prepared for bigger things than five than five regular ogres now. I could ask, or I could decide against confronting. I don't know. I don't think I've ever actually seen that option. Decide against confronting them. With no desire to tangle with the fearsome quidset, you decide 
to leave the ogres be. After making certain you won't be spotted, you turn and make your way back towards the village, content to let someone else deal with the rewarding band. Yeah, and then you, you then you get absolutely nothing because you did absolutely nothing. All right. Uh, how... Okay, just just discovering Tarn Cold Crypt again, and save. Okay, now let's do that properly. Alright, it starts as it did before. And it's literally on the first page that you get this decision. So, I could attack the ogres, ask the ogres to leave, or decide against confronting them. And as we saw, that didn't really lead to anything. So let's just attack them. You steal closer to the edge of the ogres' small campsite and quietly conceal yourself in the undergrowth. The moment the leader of the ogres turns to back, turns his back to you, you spring out of the foliage. Our laws, what you pray will turn out to be a surprise attack. Picking a number. Bonus of 59. 19 from woodmanship. 20 from agility. 20 from luck. Got to get 75 or more or they'll spot me first. Pick now. 128. Success. 64 experience to general. Your sudden, well-executed attack takes the five ogres completely by surprise. Before the savage creatures are able to react, you've neatly dispatched two of them with a series of deft and brutal bows. Stab in the eye! Stab in the eye! Yeah, the, the scarred, leather-clad leader of the ogres snarls viciously as he falls back, seeking over the twist of his head for his remaining underlings to attack. Hmm... Yeah, uh, I think that's going to go badly for them. The two ogres heed his unspoken command without hesitation. Although presumably it's also, you know, to avenge their lifelong companions that I've just killed. You know, without even trying diplomacy. Begin combat with the first of the two ogres. The ogre roars as it swipes at you with this wooden club. His wooden club and is slain. 18 XP. The ogre groans pitifully and topples to the ground at your feet. His gaping wounds oozing thick streams of blood as he draws a final, ragged breath and expires. His brutish cohorts snarls viciously and steps boldly towards you. His heavy club poised to deal you a crippling blow. It's the second ogre. The ogre wars as he swipes at you with his wooden club and is slain. 18 XP. You step back from the bloody remains of the slain ogre and immediately turn to face the leather clad leader of the savage quintet. The ogre leader, his cool eyes narrowed and his hideously scarred face twisted with rage. Which is understandable, I've just killed all his men. Bellow savagely. The Hawking's creature's primal battle cry echoes off the surrounding trees as he stomps forward, raising his spike club higher. With each of his lengthy strides, this is the ogre leader. 
Let us fight. The ogre leader roars as he swipes at you with his spiked club. And I stab him, and on the third stab, he goes down. 36 XP. You make a quick search of the, o- the ogre's bloody remains, and discover only their brutal clubs are of any value. And these are just... These are just regular clubs. Oh, he's got a spite club, though. That's... Is, is that unique? Hmm. I'm going to have to check some things. Yeah, I've checked. The spite club is also generic loot. It just doesn't turn up quite as often as the other stuff. But it's generic. But it is sturdy. So I, I will be able to sell it for at least for something. Hmm. You know what? Actually, I'll still store it. I'll still store it. I'll put a plaque next to it saying where I uniquely got it from. So I don't mix it up with any other spike clubs I may find. Examination of the immediate area turns up a bag of gold. Tucked away behind a rock at the edge of the campsite. You promptly take possession of it. At last, certain you haven't overlooked anything... And eager to move away from the ghastly scene, you turn and set off through the forest. 128 experience to general. With the band of ogres no longer a threat to Dunstig, or anywhere else for that matter, you make your way out of the forest and head back to the village. News of your victory over the marauding band quickly s- spreads quickly throughout Dunstig. Serving to remind a rattled local populace of the ever-present dangers faced by the kingdom's more remote settlements. The villagers are grateful and vow to remain vigilant. They also send, promise to send word of the unwelcome incursion to all nearby towns and villages. On your way out of the village, you happen upon Tondrum, the young lad who first spotted the ogres they set up their nearby camp. You thank him. Relate to him the details of your encounter with the creatures, leaving out some of the more unpleasant parts. He listens to your brief account in wide-eyed silence. Confident that Dernstig is now safe, listen to the next predicament inevitably wears its head. You bid the lad farewell and happily set off, set off along the winding woodland road that will lead you away from the village, but to nowhere in particular. And that's the end of that adventure. So it was a very short one. Okay, there's another one. Top of the hill, that's that's also quite a large one. And we haven't actually had an episode about that in a long, long time. Because we first did it before we started the adventures of Zoop. And so I didn't want to have Zoop do it because we did it before. But now we're doing so. Crokington, we can do, do it, we'll do it again, but later. The other adventure is Three Scrolls. A chance meeting on the outskirts of Dernstig sends you on a curious quest to the crumbling ruins of Wedgate. And time to start the adventure. Here we go. And so it begins. While passing along a narrow forest road leading past the outskirts of Dornstig, you happen upon an old man garbed in tattered green robe, 
making his way south to the nearby village. Ah, just the fellow I've been looking for, he says. Ah, just the fellow I've been looking for, he says. <coughs> his echoing voice deeper than you expected. Perhaps you don't remember me, though I very much doubt that could be the case. Before you can answer, a shimmering cloud of silver sparkles envelops the old man. Moments later, when the glittering cloud has dispersed, you're startled to find yourself staring at the robed, ghostly figure of Dom Grothal. Who we met before, you instantly and somewhat regretfully recall your last meeting with the fabled demon lord in the gloom of Widowwood Cave. Well, admittedly, he helped us solve the problem, which he'd mostly caused. So, yeah, it's probably not a good thing he's around. And here, here's his entry, law book entry. Hailing from a shadowy realm in the deepest reaches of the Netherless. The Demon Lord, although some accounts simply refer to him as an entity, Domungenthal is said to reside in the windowless tower that rises out of the heart of a nightmarish swamp known as the Waking Mire. Tales abound of Gomgothral's interference in the realms in the affairs of Swift's adventurers. By most accounts, he appears to adventurers in the form of a ghostly figure to offer them his hope and guidance. Most commonly, the ghostly version of Gomgothral is that of a middle-aged, balding man, those remaining black hair is pulled back into a single, lengthy braid. While the truer intentions of the powerful entity known as Dromgothal may never be ascertained, most who have encountered him believe that, despite what he possesses, he possesses his intentions are largely sinister in nature. Alright, what's he got? What task has he got for us now? Did he accidentally make... Did he accidentally make beetles enormous? <laughs> oh no, we'll see soon. Well, met a thousand times over, exclaims the demon, his broad grin and unsettling sight. You might wonder why I've sought you out. Well, do you wonder it? It's no wonder you wonder at such a thing. But the answer will forever elude you, unless I give it to you. Dormkumthar waves his left hand back and forth several times, then studies it closely. He frowns and repeats the odd action with his right hand. A square iron wing suddenly drops out of the air and lands on the road at your feet. Take that wing, you'll need it, he says, momentarily scratching the top of his balding head. Go on, take it. Much... To your continued astonishment, the wing rises off, of, uh, rises off the ground and floats into your hand. We now have a square iron wing. This square iron wing was given to you by John Gothar. And I can't read the... And I won't read what's next because it, it's a spoiler. John Gothar nods and smiles. And he tells you to keep the wing safe. No sooner has he given the instruction, however, the demon bursts into a short and obnoxious fit of laughter. Well, of course you'll keep it safe, he says. For at least you'll keep it. You couldn't drop it. If that, 
couldn't drop that if you wanted to. But why would you ever want to? Don't answer that. Just keep it safe. And you know the rest. What? What's that? Yes, yes. Of course you should wear it. In fact, put it on right now. Well, okay, he's told me to. I'll do it. I am. I am in. I am somehow. I'm being induced to put it on. Put on. I've, okay, the square iron wing is on. At last managed to get a word in edgewise. You ask him the purpose for the, for his visit. Why he's giving you the wing? Given. He says, drawing up one corner of his top lip and raising his eyebrows. Let's not be quite so hasty. I've temporarily granted you permission to use it. To use it, you must have it. To use it is not to own it. Let's be quite clear on that. Are we clear? Excellent. Then we may proceed. Have you put on the ring yet? Yeah, I have. Speaking in a soft but sinister tone, Drummond Gaal tells you that since his ability to act, interact physically with the world is somewhat limited, he's in need of your help to complete a pressing set of tasks. A rival of mine, though I wouldn't, though I suppose I shouldn't extend her, the dignity the word implies, has unwisely taken upon herself to waffle my feathers, he says, folding his arms and shaking his head. She's stolen three scrolls belonging to me, and hidden them away somewhere in this wretched, uh, shall we say, interesting realm. If you wish to come in my favour, you retrieve the soul scrolls and return them to me. You ask a, the demon how it is you're supposed to locate the stolen scrolls. He rolls his eyes and sighs. I've done that much well in advance, he says, frowning. My rival. There I go again with another inappropriate use of the word, and stashed them in some ruins not very far from here. Quite convenient for the purposes of retrieval, really. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Gobble tells you that the scrolls, hidden in the nearby ruins of Wedgate Keep, are likely protected by powerful magic. Magic crafted by his rival. Magic that can be undone with the use of the iron wing he's just given you. Demon waves his left hand, and you certainly realise you know the precise location of the ruins of Wedgate. And there's more info on Wedgate. Wedgate Keep, abandoned 300 years ago, after having been, u- been in use for nearly that long, the hill-cut top fortress known as Wedgate Keep has fallen into ruin. The upper portion of the keep has, within the last century, completely collapsed, 
leaving only the rubble-strewn swath of, swath of ground to mark where the imposing structure once stood. The lower level of the keep, which houses its dungeons, remains largely intact, for it's doubtful there are many brave enough to venture into the shadowy depths of the ruins, because they probably have monsters in them, because that's just, that's just how it works. If you build a dungeon, monsters will turn up. It's, it's just one of the walls of the universe. Uh, it just is. So if you ever build a dungeon, monsters will turn up. It's just the walls. Dom Cathar slowly nods. Now I suppose we must address such unreasonable things as what you'll get for your effort. Yes, well, if we must, we must. Dolgothal tells you he'll give you 5,000 gold, about something else of value, when you turn the three scrolls to him. You know how it is. You know how to get to the ruins, so let's not tarry, he says. I don't want to think those poor scrolls lying about in such a horrible place. And the fact that these scrolls have even entered this world is most dangerous. The longer they... They remain here, the more dangerous it becomes. Not for me, of course, but I think you understand, don't you? Certainly, and quite beyond your control. The head begins to nod in response to the demon's query. Very well, then. It's all settled. Find those scrolls and bring bring them back to me. All right, off you go. Delay is your, are your enemy. Best of luck and whatever else you might need. The demon's glowing image image shimmers brightly and then vanishes, leaving you alone in the middle of the world. In the immediate wake of his abrupt disappearance, you find yourself haunted by the eerie feeling that your every move is being observed by distant, unseen eyes. Despite the unsettling sensation you, you seem unable to shake, you decide that you should investigate the wounds of Redgate as soon as possible and see about recovering the three scrolls which Gomgothar has indicated are hidden within. With the, with the impending task foremost on your mind, you set off along the road. Your mind played with thoughts of the demon, and its sudden, ke- sudden and keen interest in you. Alright, to reach Wounds of Redgate, travel to Southwest Tysa, Hart Hills, Dernstig, and then the Wounds of Redgate. Don't, don't forget, you can always reference the location of any clearable dungeon you discover by viewing the clearable dungeon section of the adventure find. Ah, it's a clearable dungeon, dungeon, so I'll be able to repeatedly clear it out for a little bit of XP, a loot drop, and, well, that's the main things, but any of another could even put more adventures in them. Alright, let's travel to the ruins of Redgate. Visit them. You stand atop a steep, rocky slope in the midst of the tangled swath of forest, east and north of Dernstig. All around you lie the ruin, crumbling ruins of the once great Redgate Keep. At the centre of a field of rubble, a broad set of crumbling steps descend into the dark for the ruined fortress's lower level. Alright, I can climb down into the ruins, I can rest here, 
let's just go down into the ruins. Like all the clearable dungeons, it can be scaled or it can be normal. I'm just keeping it on normal. You're standing in a wide, debris-strewn passage at the foot of the steep stone square. The pale, dust-choked light from the, from the forest above splashes down the steps in a feeble attempt to penetrate the dense gloom. To the north and south, a wide, crumbling hall swiftly vanishes into darkness. Okay, I'm on the east side, and there's passages to the north and to the south. I'm going to just go north first. Going north... And then it's it turns to the west. Okay, going south. A short iron. I've got. I've got. Okay, I've gone into uh, another north-south corridor. A short iron lever protrudes from a slot in the wall in this section of the corridor. The lever has been pulled down. Uh, pull it up. You push the light lever up as far as it will go. A loud click echoes out from the slot from which the lever protrudes. Okay, you can pull it up and down as many times as you want. Alright, south. The decayed trappings of the ages clutter the dark, debris-strewn corridors. A red gate keeps lower level. Okay, there's passages to the west. You're standing in a small alcove on the west of the main corridor. A heavy wooden door, its age-worn timbers reinforced with thick bands of iron. Blocks the entrance to the small cell. The door bears no latch. A small square window, no bigger than your fist, is cut to the top of the door. Uh, let's look through the window. You peer through the small window, immediately overcome. Immediately spot a dark figure lurking on the far side of the cell. Immediately overcome by unsettling feeling, you step away from the door. Alright, let's try to open the door. You make several unsuccessful attempts to open the door before abandoning your efforts and stepping away from the heavy iron banded slab. Guess I've got to do some stuff before I can open these doors. Now, door to the east. And there's another cell. And I can't open that yet. Okay. And there's... And there's a, there's a cell, so east and west and east and west and east and west. Uh, and uh, peer through the window and you're looking. You peer through the small window and into an empty cell. To carefully scouring the show's shadowing still you step away from the door. Open the door. Can't open the door. Head back west. Uh, go down again, peer through the window. Dark figure lurking in the cell. Okay. I'm gonna just go past the last two of the doors. Lever's been pulled down here. Okay, what if I just go west? Okay. Okay, and there's this door, there's a. There's another east-south corridor, north-south corridor next to the, the lever's been pulled down. What what way have I got the, the first lever? Right, I'm going to pull all the levers up. Up and see if that does anything. Push the lever up. All right. That's the two northern levers up. 
Now let's try the southern levers, the southwest lever. Pull it up. And the southeast lever. Push it up. A series of metallic groans echoes along the passage to the north. Alright, that's probably the doors opening. You're standing in a small alcove to the west of the main corridor. Heavy, wooden iron door. Its weighed-worn timbers, reinforced with thick bands of iron, stands open here. The formidable barrier once protected the small, seemingly empty cell that lies open to the west, such as a cell. Nothing of interest. Okay, I'm going to explore these cells. Nothing of interest. Search the cell, nothing in that one. Alright, third one. Search the cell, nothing of interest. Head back east. Alright, search the cell. Maybe this one. The fifth one up. Search the cell. Hmm. Maybe whatever was in these cells has got out. There's probably some sort of undead. Yeah, well, there used to be things in at least some of the cells, but now they've got out. And that's no good for anyone. Oh, here we are. A thin, lengthy hiss issues out of the darkness ahead. Hiss! As a lone skeleton appears out of the surrounding gloom. The undead being, swaying unsteadily, immediately moves in your direction. A spear-wielding skeleton must have got out of those wombs. Wombs that we opened for no apparent reason. The skeleton hisses wildly as it attacks, but is now slain. Slain again. 8xp, because it was dead, so it must have been slain once before. After taking a few moments to recover, you step over the shattered remains of the skeleton and resume your wary exploration of the passage. Alright, what about the... Oh, is a stack? A thin hiss. Issues out of the darkness ahead. A thin, lengthy hiss issues out of the darkness ahead as a lone skeleton appears out of the surrounding gloom. The undead being, swaying unsteadily, immediately moves in your direction. This is a staggering skeleton. It hisses wildly as it attacks and is slain in two steps. 8xp. At sake of you rose to cover, you step over the shattered remains of the skeleton and resume your wary exploration of the passage. Right, search the cell. Oh yeah, and all the cells in the western, uh, I guess, bank of cells have also been cleared out because everyone just walked out of the cells as skeletons, which they might not have been skeletons when they were put in there. You know, because dungeon. You know, where you put people. And sometimes you just keep them in there and they die. You know. <laughs> maybe because they're bad people or maybe you're a bad person putting them in there. We really don't know. And 8xp for defeating another skeleton. 
I'm just searching, searching the skeleton, searching the cells. Doesn't seem to be anything in them. Another axe-wielding skeleton has appeared. I just quick combated for 6xp. Searching a cell, nothing there. Quick combat and axe-wielding skeleton, 6xp. Search the second most southern skeleton on the the eastern bank. Not a ragclad skeleton this time. It is slain. Search the cell. Now, this problem since there's only sword wielding skeleton for defeated for six XP and armored the telltale clank of wetal armor wings along the corridor as a staggering skeleton clad in rusted plate lurches into view just ahead. The undead warrior, its bone hands gripping the hilt of a broken longsword, hisses wildly as it stalks towards you. It's an armoured skeleton. The armoured skeleton hacks at you with a sword and deals you a savage blow for seven damage. But I'll get it back for that. And I have. It is slain. 20 XP. You spend several moments checking over your equipment and recovering from the brutal fight before stepping past the remains of the armoured skeleton, continuing along the corridor. Alright, was that was that just a tough skeleton, or... Was that, was that the last of them? The boss of all these random skeletons? Because no more... Oh, nope, sword-wielding skeleton this time. Just quick combat that. It's just one that was randomly tougher than the others. 8 XP. Alright. What about the western side, where it finishes the square and there's a another north-south north, corridor? A long iron lever protrudes from the slot in the wall in this section of the passage. A faint blue glow just surrounds the sturdy length of iron. The lever's been pushed up. Alright, let's... A deathly chill washes over you as a robed skeleton suddenly appears at the edge of your light. The sinister undead being, its bony frame draped in the rotting tatters of a long flowing robe, moves swiftly towards you, its fleshless hands outstretched. A vicious chorus of hisses echoes along the passage as the long dead menace closes in. It's a robed skeleton. Begin combat! Hiss... He says, as it clauses you, savage blow for seven damage, but nevertheless, it is slain for another 20 XP. You spend several moments checking over your equipment and recovering from the brutal fight before stepping past the remains of the armoured skeleton, continuing along the corridor. A massive iron door, its pitted surface, wife of decay, stands close beneath an ornate stone arch to south. Despite its current state of disrepair, the door appears to be a formidable power. Yeah, attempt to open it. The instant your fingers brush against the surface of the door, a violent jolt passes through your hand and up your arm, lifting a painful grasp. Six damage. The arm still aching. You wisely step away from the door. Okay. It's probably pulling that lever will help. Here's a spear-wielding skeleton. Just quick combat that. For another 6xp. Right, pull, pull, pull the lever down. 
As your hand moves to the blue aura surrounding Lever, it's immediately and forcefully repelled. Okay. Can't deal with that yet. Alright, is there anything? Here's another robe skeleton. Just going to quick combat it. It is slain for another 20 XP. I think maybe I have to defeat all the skeletons here for something to happen. Another robe skeleton. Quick combat. 20 XP. Suddenly. You suddenly spot a small glowing stone at the edge of the passage. Confident the stone was not here just a moment ago, you're left to believe it was dropped by our skeletal foe. As you move closer to the stone, eager to examine it, a strange object promptly vanishes. Uncertain what to make of this turn of events, you put it out of mind as you resume your exploration of the passage suddenly. An eerie quiet suddenly falls over the wounds of Redgate. Success. You successfully cleared the wounds of Redgate. Please note, though you managed to clear this dungeon, there may or may not be more left to discover here. You can, if you wish, continue to explore the wounds of Redgate. The wounds of Redgate will, after time, reset itself, allowing you the opportunity to once again explore and clear. Yep, these clearable dungeons, they're a type of replayable content. With a bit with a bit of variety to them. Some of them have puzzles, some of them have fights, some of them have exploration. So a bit a bit a bit of variety to them. And they're all spread out they're spread out all over the place as well. Some of them bigger, some of them are smaller. Sixty four experiences general anyway. You you make a thorough search of the cleared lower level and keep keep. And discover amidst several piles of rubble a large collection of items and valuable bells. Right, there's some things here that are worth taking. Two gold and two trinkets worth eight gold there, so it means ten gold. After having looked over the available items, you take a few moments to adjust your gear before once again setting off through the musty darkness. Okay, now that it's cleared, you can quickly head to the stairs going out, but I've got to find those scrolls. Alright, just, 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 just southwest of the end of the, the, the western corridor of cells, there's a lever, pull the lever, pull the lever down. Only with considerable effort, you manage to pull the iron lever down as far as it will go. Alright. Now back up to that other lever we couldn't pull before, but now we can probably because we've defeated all the undead. Alright, pull the lever down, pull it down as far as it will go. Suddenly, a loud reverberating groan somewhere out of the darkness to the west echoes along the passage. Alright, that would be these doors open. The mass, a massive iron door, its pitted surface white with decay, stands open beneath an ornate arch to the south. Okay. I am now in the middle of the westernmost corridor. A massive, ornate stone chest rests against the wall in this section of the corridor. The chest is locked. A trio of blue glowing glyphs, 
each depicting a sword and shield adorn the carved surface. Uh, open the chest. With your eyes fixed on the three glowy glyphs that are drawn on the chest, you step forward and lift its weighty lid. Suddenly, despite your firm grasp on, on, on of its ledge, the weighty lid adopts a bright green glow and suddenly slams shut. Shut. You own only your enviable reflexes that spared you from losing your fingers. As you step away from the chest, a vile hit hiss from your left shatters to silence, causing your heart to skip a beat. You spin in the direction of the unnerving sound, only to find yourself face to face with unwelcome sinister sight. Stalking out of the nearby gloom, its fleshless fingers wrapped tightly around the haft of a heavy axe, is a scale-armoured skeleton. The vicious undead warrior is enveloped in the same green aura that now surrounds the chest lid. With a shrill hiss, the skeleton rushes forward and attacks, swiping out at you with its deadly blade. Now, I'm thinking that wing that we were given probably helps with this. Although I'm not going to unequip it to see. Begin combat with the glowing skeletal warrior. Hisses wildly as it attacks. I do a few good, few good blows and it is slain. 37 XP. The skeletal warrior staggers back, sways unsteadily for a moment, and then collapses to a heap of bone. As the glow that surrounds it surrounds its remains begins to fade, you quickly note that one of the glyphs adorning its chest has vanished. Okay. Let's try again. Open the chest. Lift the lid. Suddenly, despite your firm grasp of fear, the chest, the chest, chest heavy lid adopts a bright green glow and suddenly sang shut, slams shut. Only your enviable, enviable reflexes have spared you from losing your reflexes. As you step away from the chest, a vile hiss from your left shatters the silence, causing your heart to skip a beat. You spin in the direction of the unnerving sound, only to find yourself face to face with an unwelcome sinister sight. Staggering out of the darkness at the edge of your light, brandishing a notched broadsword, is a skeleton clad in tattered leather armour. The undead swordsman is enveloped in the same green ore that surrounds the chest lid. Moving unsteadily, but swiftly, the gruesome undead warrior is quickly upon you, slashing, wavely, break, slashing wildly with his ancient sword as glowing skeletal warrior. Can I... I can use things, but I don't want to. I get oh, I I've got into a battle wage from the potion. You tremble with uncontrollable wage as you assail your foe, which means I roll a twenty, and then another twenty. Well, two twenties in a row, very helpful. But sometimes it can go longer than that. So it that knocked out most of its health, and it is slain. Twenty-one XP. The skeleton tastes to the white before unceremoniously crumpling into a pile of shattered bone. As the glow that surrounds its remains begins to fade, you quickly note that another of the glyphs adorning the chest has disappeared. There's only one glyph left, so let's open the chest a third time. Suddenly, despite your firm grasp at this edge, the chest lid suddenly adopts a bright green glow and suddenly slams shut. Only your enviable reflexes have spared you from losing your fingers. As you step away 
of the chest. A vile hiss from your white shatters the silence, causing your heart to skip a beat. You spin in the direction of the sinister, unnerving sound, only to find yourself face to face with an unwelcome, sinister sight. Emerging from the shadows, its bony hands gripping the haft of an iron hammer, is a plate-clad skeleton. The undead warrior is enveloped in the same green aura that now surrounds the chest lid. Hissing wildly, the vicious fiend rushes forward and attacks. It's a glowing skeletal warrior. And it deals me a savage blow for, seven, for 10 damage and it hisses wildly as it attacks. Let's get, let's get more of that battle rage. Uh, got an impossibly swift blow for 5 damage from me. Oh, I did go into a battle rage. And that meant I did the max damage for a 3 plus, which is 39. It's quite rather nice. You've slain your foe. 38 experience. The skeletal warrior collapses into a heap of bone at your feet. As the glow that surrounds its scattered remains, begin, shattered remains begins to fade, you quickly note the last of the glyphs adjoining the chest has vanished. Okay, now I should be able to... Now I should be able to open the chest without any problems. Open the chest. You step up to the open stone the stone chest and carefully lift its weighty lid as the massive box begins to open. A soft silvery glow spills out of its interior and splashes across the floor of the passage. Peer into the open chest. You peer into the chest and are related to find three glowing scrolls resting at the bottom of the massive stone box. A pale, silvery aura surrounds each of the furled scrolls. Eager to obtain the objects of your quest, you reach into the chest and take possession of the radiant trio. As you remove the scrolls from the chest, a strange feeling washes over you. I have the three growing, glowing scrolls. You recover these three glowing scrolls from a magically protected chest deep in the ruins of Redgate. You were tasked by Dom Gorfar with the retrieval of these scrolls, and also 128 experience to general. The sensation rapidly fades, replaced by the strong desire to, just to leave this ruined lair and complete your mission. You quickly examine the scrolls, but find, much to your dismay, that you are unable to unfurl them, content to allow their contents to remain a mystery. I mean, even if we could unfurl them, it would probably be written in some sort of incomprehensible demon language anyway. And even if we could translate it, it would probably be something incredibly boring. It would probably be his fan fiction that he wrote that one time. Yes. Or something like that. Who knows? Nobody knows. You tuck the scrolls safely in amongst your other belongings and step away from the chest. With the scrolls now in your possession, you're eager to make your way out of the wounds and complete your mission. I can peer into the chest again. Of course, it's empty because I just emptied it. Quickly head to the stairs leading out. You quickly make your way to the stairs leading out. I climb the stairs and leave. Suddenly... As you reach the top of the stairs and step out into the welcome light of the outside world, you spot the ghostly, glowing image of Domgorthal leaning against a moss-covered block of stone. The demon, who appears to be dozing, seems suddenly aware of your arrival. His eyes fly open, 
and he turns to you with a leering grin. And how is my favourite adventurer, he asks. I have to believe you haven't come out of here just to disappoint me. What's that? You have the scrolls? Splendid! Great! Utterly magnificent! Here, let me have them. Before you quite know what's happening, the three scrolls fly out from amongst your possessions and streak through the air, landing in Jumgolthal's outstretched hand. The demon briefly examines them before slipping them inside his glowing robes. Excellent! He shrieks, his visage Richard's momentarily consumed by a maniacal grin. Very well done! You exceeded my expectations. Well, they were quite modest. But none of that matters now. Oh, and I'll be taking back that wing as well. Yes. That, yes that's why. Taking it back. I said I would. Didn't I? Well, it doesn't really matter, because I am. The demon waves his hand, and the square iron wing vanishes, which means I can now equip equip a third wing to take the... I can now... Put the Wing of Joy back on, anyway. This is most certainly an achievement for the ages, cries Dumbledore. We've managed to best a very game opponent. Let's not pretend this was some minor feat. Well done. Now, we shall not celebrate this moment in silence. Dumbledore waves his hand and a host of dark, translucent, woed figures appear around the two of you in a broad circle. The dozen sinister figures, their ghostly faces concealed by the deep gloom gathered beneath the overhanging room. Hoods begin a slow, whiff-pick applause that does little to inspire any semblance of celebration. Enough! Screams the demon, again waving his white hand. The ghostly world figures instantly vanish, through the droning echo of their... Unenthusiastic applause lingers for several long seconds. I should have known they'll try to spoil their moment. They'll pay for that. Rest assured on that score. John Gaffel falls silent and sees the studio in totally for several moments. The entity, seemingly annoyed by some things, frowns aside. I promised that you'd be rewarded, he says. And I never go back on that promise. Almost never. Here. Accept this small token of my appreciation. Again, Dom Golfar waves his white hand, and the sack is filled with gold at your feet. Five thousand gold tokens. As you take possession of the gold, a strange feeling washes over you, leaving you feeling drained as it fades. I've get one thousand and twenty-four experience to general, that can just go on the big pile, and a hundred and twenty-eight experience to all skills and powers. It can go on various smaller piles. There, an end has come to this little endeavour, says Gongothal, folding his arms and nodding. We may meet again. Perhaps sooner than you'd expect, or would like. Cannot be helped, I'm afraid. I require your assistance, and you desire to provide it to me, don't you? Of course you do. For that, and for that... And those who live in my grand shadow. Thank you. Suddenly, the ghostly image, image of Gongothar shimmers and vanishes, leaving you alone between, beneath the crumbling, moss-covered 
wounds of Redgate. With no desire to linger here for even a moment longer, you and most thankful to no longer be in the presence of the demon, you begin to make your way down the hill and back and back through the forest towards Dunstig. As you pass through the dense woodland, you begin to wonder when, if ever, you will next encounter the Lord of the Waking Mire. And that is the end of this adventure, Three Scrolls, with another 1,024 experience to general, and 64 experience to all skills and powers. That's, that's quite a lot of experience for such a short quest. And that, that brings us... And we've quite significantly passed the hour mark, so that will be enough for... To, that'll be enough for now. Now. So, so we've got a few things to do in doing Dernstig, which we might as well finish off, because, well, we're here. Is there anything in the church? There's a, I mean, there's an alcove. But nothing particularly particularly new. Alright, I'll go back to my dwelling. And I'll save. And so next time, we'll do Top of the Hill. And then after that, we'll see about exploring Tarngol's Crypt. But until then... Farewell, fellow adventurers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.